Hi, I'm Grania. And I'm Abby. And this is Against, Against the, the Law. Law. We're both criminal defense attorneys, but this isn't a true crime podcast. This is a podcast about the law and how it interacts with the world we live in. And how power actually works in the legal system. The way we're going to organize this is we're going to have a few current topics up front. And then we're going to move on to our main topic of the week, which this week is New York's Constitutional Convention and the broader political implications that it might have. Welcome. So above the law, which is like a moderate at best, like legal blog, right? Not radical in any way. Started by some venture capitalists, put out an article that was like, we can sue the NYPD for lying. Brooklyn judge allows perjury lawsuit against the NYPD to go forward. And they tweeted, I'd bring NYPD up on RICO charges, but failing that perjury will do. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think this goes back to like the new Weinstein opinion. We should explain Judge Weinstein is a federal judge in the Eastern District of New York. Where he is requesting data from New York from the police about how uh, how much they lied and how much their officers were caught lying and he wants information from any sources about police perjury. I oh, get Oh my god. I've always said that police <laughs> perjury is the sine qua non of the <laughs> yeah. of especially the misdemeanor court. If you ever go in there, it's just it's you just it's like, no, that definitely didn't happen over and over and over. And it's just like, next, I next. Know. Well, I one time had this client and I've had like a lot of clients. And I one time had a client come up to me and be like, he basically told the truth. Totally shocked. And I was like, really? And he was like, I mean, yeah, he reached in and got the crack out of my pants. And he said that I dropped it. But other than that, he basically told the entire truth. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, a, that's not the entire truth, but b, what is going on here? Yeah, wow, that's amazing. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It, it, the the system is so, it's gone so out of control that all these little things that if you tell normal people about them, they're shocked. But those are like de rigueur in the system, you know? Yeah. Yeah, police lying on the stand is one of them. And I mean, there's just little things that you. It was it was more pronounced in New Orleans than it is in New York, but it, the same thing still applies. There's this kind of there's the Fourth Amendment. You know, you have the right not to be patted down, and there's Terry, and there's you know there's all this law protecting you from invasive police practices. But uh, the, there's also like Fourth Amendment of the street, where my clients would be like, he couldn't search me. I was a working man. I was I had my tool belt, and it, they would be protesting to me about having their tool belt over and over and over again. And I was like, the fact that you had your tool belt doesn't doesn't make it you less likely legally to be stopped. And there was another one where the police, if they found you, and this is in Louisiana, with money in your pocket, they could take the money unless you had your pay stub with you. And, and you are African-American, obviously, because that is not the laws that applies to white people. So people would say to me, he took my money, but I had my pay stub. I had my pay stub. And it took me a really long time to realize that this was the law as practiced in Louisiana. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, the... the it, it, it and that that applies across the board, right? Even in, I, I was thinking about, for example, like in labor law, right? If you ask people, can your boss just fire you for no reason, just because they don't like the way you look that day? No one would. Th everyone's, of course not. That's illegal. It's yeah. like, that is one hundred percent legal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's literally called the American rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that disconnect between kind of what the popular conception of the law which is based on people's kind of sense of fairness, you know, yeah, versus yeah. what actually happens. Yeah, like, why are they patting me down? I'm clearly coming from work. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I don't know. But I, yeah, but that Judge Weinstein opinion is pretty epic. If you hadn't have a, haven't had a chance to read it, you should. And he string cites about 40 articles in it. And two of them, the lead article he cites to is by one Nathan Tempe. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's a great reporter, that Nathan Tempe. Yeah, great reporter. He's often cited much more than his wife. <laughs> so we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't, I don't really have another story. This is more of a sad one, but it just, it, it came across, it came across the other day. Um, an attorney in Alabama during her closing argument in a murder trial collapsed and died. Wow. Man. What were the, what happened? Well, take a wild guess. Heart attack? I think it was a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, in the trial. Oh, not guilty. Nope. Come on. I know. How is it? Is it? What? 30 minutes later. No. Okay, people, if I am ever representing someone and I die, you damn well better vote to acquit, okay? So what was that story you had about the cell phones? There was this like hand-wringing article from the Department of Justice that said that they couldn't open 50% of the cell phones that they had confiscated. And I just want to scream because, sure, sure, you can't open them now because they're they just came out. But you'll be able to open them in six months and a federal case lasts like two years. So you're just complaining and trying to get access to encrypted materials and backdoors into cell phones and platforms. And it's just so obvious. Oh, so they're saying that we need to break the encryption because I mean, they do break the encryption. They work every time a phone comes out. They work on breaking the encryption. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, everyone does that. It's not just they. I mean, no, it's everyone exactly. Drug cartels do it. Like everybody is trying to break the encryption on a phone immediately as soon as it comes out. Yeah. But they are complaining that it's taking them too long, and so they're saying that in 2017 they could only break half the phones that they confiscated. So they're saying obviously that they want a backdoor into that data. And got you. Yeah. But they're not saying how we're going to be phones... able to break into it in the next three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like the new iPhone comes out, they can't crack it and they don't want to wait for the celebrate like, to figure it out with the, the iPhone dot com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy yeah. on XDA yeah. Yeah. or whatever yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, did you I don't really know the specifics. And obviously, this is just a tragedy and not even maybe worth. God, this terrible world we live in, but this poor undocumented woman who has been desperately trying to receive medical care and whoever in power is trying to prevent her from terminating a pregnancy and just torturing her. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's a perfect example of kind of how the law doesn't really work according to the letter of the law so much as how the institutional prerogatives and power of those pulling the strings, right? We have a mm -hmm. Trump administration. She has the legal right. I think the D.C. Circuit just en banc said that she can get an abortion, right? But, you know, the fact that it goes there when it's clearly an established right just shows you how the system... And, and let's not pretend that this is specific to Trump. This is obviously a particularly egregious no, case. No, I mean, health care in the Bureau of Prisons is disgraceful. Mental health care is disgraceful. Women's health care, women's medical care is disgraceful in the Bureau of Prisons. This is not new to Trump. This 
this stuff exists. There have been women shackled giving birth. I just can't even imagine anything like that. Um, I have had clients who have been suffering from extraordinary PTSD due to, I don't even want to say anymore, but basically they should be have been getting mental health care and instead they're in a pressure cooker environment in prison, just like a something ready to explode. And despite my protestations, uh, you know, nobody seems to really care and... There's nothing that seems to really be regulating it and nobody doing any level of oversight because there's too many people in jail. Yeah, the system kind of just, once you create something that massive, it, it just kind of takes on yeah, such a life of it its up. own. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's true for like mental health and it's true for any medical situation that the sooner you get treatment, the less treatment you'll need. But it's just... You know, it's it's particularly even with, like, like with elderly people, you know, you know like, for people who are like, oh, we don't want to do a second trimester abortion. That should be illegal. And then you're like forcing her into a second trimester abortion, which she doesn't want. She doesn't want to wait. This is horrible. Her life is falling apart before her eyes. She doesn't. Why are you doing this to her? Yeah. The lack of basic resources in prison is disgusting. I don't know that people know this, but if you go to prison, they don't feed you enough food to live if you're like a healthy 20 year old guy. So your family has to give you money. And New York State just decreed that women were entitled to like a tampon when they're in prison. So prior to that, and it's the same in Louisiana, that women had to like use socks, you know, and all kinds of things like just bleed everywhere. And that was, that's the way prison works. You know, if you, if you don't have family giving you money and you don't have a way to make money, you don't know how to fix people's radios, you don't know how to smuggle drugs in, you are really, really out of luck. You will not be eating enough to survive. You will not be having hi basic hygiene products like deodorant. It is really, really not right. So yeah, the medical situation. I, I mean, I, I, I recall a case that uh, elderly uh, inmate has diabetes. He needed his doctor prescribed him a, a pump, right? Mm -hmm. Diabetes pump. You know, they delayed, delayed. Took a basically almost threaten, threatening a lawsuit to get the pump. Finally, he got the pump. They're like, forgot to order the monitor. Oh, a year later, and they're oh. like, oh well, we'll get to it. You know, like the, yeah, it's everything's like that. Oh, sorry, we couldn't see your client this week because there was a lockdown. So hopefully next week. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have a court order. What what is going on? I, I get it. You don't care about me, but yeah, the institutional logic of those systems are just so deep. Yeah, Ugh, prison healthcare. It's a really but uplifting topic. That might be a future topic for this podcast, but prison healthcare. But um, before we Ooh. before everyone kills themselves, yeah. let's go on to our <laughs> topic of the day. All right. So I keep seeing these young people walking around with buttons on their backpacks that say vote no on the con con really i have not seen that <laughs> wait you really haven't i haven't but no i see them at the co-op sometimes oh wow okay well i guess I, I don't leave my house enough well you're not a member of the park slope food co-op that's true so anyway yeah i've seen them with their buttons and i've never seen anyone with a button that said vote yes on the con con so i'm just wondering like why why the big no campaign and I guess to back it up, what is the constitutional convention that they're talking about, you know? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I just learned about it recently myself. And there it doesn't seem to be much of a yes campaign, which is interesting. So I kind of dug into it. And basically, New York State 
as a lifelong New York resident, you probably know this. I've actually been a resident of other states also. Wow. Texas, Louisiana, Massachusetts. Anyway, going on. Still, New York State allows the people of New York to vote whether to have a constitutional convention every 20 years. And this actually hasn't happened. A people's convention hasn't happened in quite a long time. It was voted down the last time in uh, 1997 and in 1977. In 1967, there was a legislative constitutional convention that was that was called for by the legislature that ended up actually completely rewriting New York State's constitution in what many legal scholars consider to be a much better constitution than what we have today. But there was one provision that would allow funding of religious schools and there was a huge campaign that was focused on that. And basically, they also did a thing which is which the Constitutional Convention can do, which is it was all or nothing. It wasn't each individual rewrite of the Constitution would go up to the people to vote, but it was all or nothing. So it was voted down. So they sort of slipped this one thing, one controversial provision into the Constitution, and then the entire Constitution was voted down? Sort of, yeah. I mean, they also didn't have to have it all or nothing. That's completely up to the convention, mm-hmm. and they chose to do it all or nothing, which basically everyone unanimously considers a huge mistake. Because mm-hmm. then they couldn't get any of the benefits to having had this constitutional convention. Who are these delegates, and how do they come to be our delegates? So if the constitutional convention passes, then next year, every state senate district is going to elect three people to be delegates to the convention, and there's going to be 15 at-large delegates. Okay, I don't mean to share my ignorance with the world, but what is a New York State Senate district? It's it's the district that elects your state senator. So uh, there, it's a there are somewhere around 100 to 200,000 people about. Do you know who your state senator is? No, I don't know. I don't remember mine, but I know he votes with the independent Democrats. So. No. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so the Senate districts are kind of, I'm going to say banjaxed. Um, that might not be an American word, but we're still going to elect our delegates. And then what happens after we, oh, wait, what, so when would this delegate election take place? The delegate election would take place next year during the 2018 general election. And how do you run for to be a delegate? Is it based on party or is it just sort of whoever shows up? It's by the same process that a state senator would run. Um, so I think it's somewhere, I, I, it, as a, for an independent nomination, I think you need 3,000 signatures, and a party nomination, I think, was 1,000 signatures. So it's, it's basically the same process to run for state senate, which is not, not crazy. Okay. So you could kind of stand outside your subway station and get that number of signatures, probably. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're involved in an organization um, and you can get, you know, nomination. I, you know, the, the the unions obviously are heavily involved probably in this kind of thing. But, you know, again, it's one of these things. It hasn't happened in forever. So I think that it's kind of a free-for-all. It's going to be, it, if it happens, it'll be it'll be wild. It'll, I, I, hopefully it'll be a lot of people trying to to change our state's constitution. And what'll pe- what are... What could people be hoping for in trying to change the Constitution? Well, the thing is, it's totally open. So it's really the ability to rewrite the entire New York State Constitution, all 50,000 words of it. But, you know, the, the, because New York is such a progressive state, right, 
the things that have popularity are like mostly like these good government things. A lot of people are looking to legalize weed. Some of the other things are re- restructuring. A lot of people are very interested in restructuring the judiciary. Uh, if you ever practice in state court, you know that the 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 courts system is just wild and very disorganized and then you know other things include voting rights we have some of the worst voter disenfranchisement in the country yeah i mean in case you don't know in order to be voting in next year's primary for congress you have to have already registered as a democrat yeah i think the the deadline was a couple weeks ago yeah a year more than a year ahead of time which uh, was like a thing that kind of ruined bernie in new york yeah exactly I mean, are there things to, you know, one of the things that I see a lot is people who went to terrible schools um, that had no funding. And I know that schools in New York are predominantly funded by property taxes and property taxes are, of course, utterly um, inconsistent across the state. You know, you have you have some of the richest counties in America in New York and you have some really poor counties um, some of the poorest counties in America and New York. And it seems like that money is not equally distributed. Would that be something the Constitutional Convention could change if anyone cared to do yeah, that I kind mean, of justice? Theoretically, anything could be changed. I think some of the some of the more popular ideas are kind of instituting more home rule, which would, you know, hopefully benefit New York City and the huge amounts of money that New York City has to actually control to you know the schools whatever right like that that those are the kind of those are some of the proposals but again it's totally open the interesting thing here is this is you know new york is one of the most progressive states Mm -hmm. and has you know for example the highest union density of any state in the country really yeah so we have the infrastructure electorally to really be a leader nationally and that's why it's so shocking to me that there's this huge campaign against the constitutional convention mostly led by it seems like the the big labor so i we could get into it a little more and look at some of the pros and cons but overall you know just from looking at it, it seems like we could really be uh, a leader in the state but i think it's really worth taking a look at the the anti campaign and trying to figure out what's going on and to just like i am i have lived mostly in new york for almost all of my life and one of the things that you know if you pay attention to any at any level of politics in new york that it's an extraordinarily corrupt state with an extremely regressive government and i think that people are always shocked by that you know you always hear liberals talking about oh we should secede with california and, and i just think to myself like look at who we elect in albany look at how our state is run it is the opposite of any sort of good government or open government or transparent government or government that works to help the people and it's sort of surprising i mean I lived in Louisiana, and one of the things that they have in Louisiana is they have a much better open records laws, and that helps both criminal defense attorneys and journalists, and we have nothing like that here. We have terrible laws about discovery, and I just, I'm not saying that that has to be done by the Constitution, but the idea that we live in this liberal mecca state that doesn't really need any changing, that's sort of at the forefront of progress, is wholly untrue. And it feels like to me like this voting no on the con con that all of I'm always seeing people with buttons on and you're never seeing people with buttons on about is indicative that we don't those those parties don't really want to change that. Yeah. So let's let's get into it. 
I think this is a good a good way to start, and let's let's dig into some of the arguments for and against, and who's calling for them. Okay, so everybody's against the convention, and we could do anything with the convention, including make New York an actually functional government. We could make Medicare for all. We could improve the schools. We could improve the judiciary. What in the hell is going on? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's it's like it's really hard to figure out, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my friends. I have progressive friends who are members of unions, legal services unions, and if you bring up the con con to them, as they call it, they're just like the unions are against it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, like. <laughs> so I tried to figure this out, and you know, the main. The main kind of group that is putting out stuff against it is this New Yorkers Against Corruption, which is like the most cynical thing. Like if you look at their stuff, it's all about like they have this ad saying that it's the politicians convention when literally it's the only way of getting out from under the politicians. Uh-huh. Like and, and but like I am very I like I'm a, I am in a union household. I have been a union organizer. Yes, have, yes, yes. We love unions. Yeah, and like I've done politics for unions, and so I understand that there's there's sometimes a story behind the story, but I can't figure it out. Other, I think there's a few interpretations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a generous interpretation, which is which is plausible, which is that in the current era, right, the amount of dark or coke right-wing crazy money Mm -hmm. that's out there to do this kind of work is so insurmountable that it there's no hope for democracy basically that's i think the to me that's a generous interpretation if you look at the the stuff they put out it's like cynical third way it's like deficit hawking Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's like they're going to take your pensions when literally if you look at the polling if you look at i mean obviously if you look at the u.s constitution you can't take someone's existing contract away right so so that's not the issue but but if you look at the polling in New York State, the plurality of people, the last poll I looked at, 49% of New Yorkers versus 41 support a constitutional amendment to maintain, like to permanently maintain to pensions. Put, to put pensions in the Constitution. Into the Constitution. So, Not to take them out, but exactly, to put them in. Exactly. I mean, it seems, it does seem really big. A friend, my friend who's a union organizer and a very smart person, and whenever you bring up the CONCON, she just says, well, it would take a lot of organizing. And, you know, in my life's history, it always seems to me that organizing comes from need. And so the idea of having this constitutional convention in New York with all of this burned energy and anti-Trump and Occupy Wall Street people who have sort of grown up, it would be an amazing opportunity to organize. And to me, it seems like the organizing, I mean, of course, you can have people organized ahead of time, but it would be a wonderful opportunity to organize around something like tangible yeah no i, I agree I, I feel like i, I per, my personal take is that in this moment it's gonna pass i think it's gonna pass just because i think brexit happened trump happened like i think that the political moment is one of of, of distrusting institutions specifically i mean obviously the new york state legislature is above and beyond distrust from yeah, everybody for, hates it but i think it even goes broader like i don't even know how well this anti campaign is going to work. I mean, we'll see the the polling is very tight, but it's most people don't know what this is. And conventional wisdom is that New York City passes amendments, basically, and the rest of the state doesn't. But I feel like the upstaters are going to definitely go for this. 
And I don't know if people are going to, I don't, I don't have a sense of what people in New York city are going to do, but I feel like it's going to pass. I'm really trying to figure out what is the real genuine argument against it other than that there's no hope for democracy, in which case, okay, great. If, if that's the case, that's the yeah, case. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's let's hold on to this like sad, pathetic, uh, tiny bit that we already have and fight with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, it, it really has echoes of the kind of the Bernie, Hillary thing, where it's kind of like, I think it was you who said it best, like the, the yeah, best- Of course, of course. The best democratic argument is everything's fine, statistically. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> but that that's the thing, right? Like in, in the face of like overwhelming distrust of institutions and and anger and frustration, not- Maintain off- the status quo. <laughs> exactly, and I don't think that's a great, I don't think that's a great message. And if it's true, like if it's true that the best status, the status quo is the best that we can hope for, then, you know, we are in a dire situation and i understand like if you're a union if you're if you're genuinely concerned that the Koch brothers are going to take over new york state and that there's no hope for democracy through this amendment process you know you can't run a campaign saying that obviously you have to present people with some kind of positive campaign you mean the positive campaign to vote no exactly yeah i mean it just every single time i talk to anyone who wants me to vote no to it the only thing they say is it would take a lot of organizing to which in my mind i'm like oh that would be great that would be a great organizing opportunity to kind of coalesce around something tangible that could really make a big difference in our state that we live in yeah no i really think that new york state if we what if we could just get rid of the state legislature i mean there is there is existing organizing and and work to like create a unicameral legislature, right? If we could create a unicameral le- legislature with proportional representation to actually increase the political diversity, New York is already pretty good on that, right? Mm-hmm. Except, you know, in the last few years the Working Families Party has kind of blown up its credibility for Oh yeah, a lot we could we could even write into the constitution a new way of doing not doing first past the post voting. No, exactly. I mean <gasps> I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. This is like You could the, do the, anything. Yeah. But obviously it would take organizing, it would take some kind of political will, but I I feel like there is so much, there's one thing that everyone agrees on, which is they hate the New York State Legislature, and organizing around that of, of a slate of people who are who are promising to like blow up the legislature fully and are not corrupt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I I think that that that's that. But creating substantive structural change to the way the legislature operates, whether that's like unicameral proportional representation, you know, combined with actual voter rights. I think that New York could be positioned if we had the kind of political creativity and will to be a, a real, you know, a real model for the country, like in the same way that California tried to pass universal health care, New York could try to actually restructure democracy. But, you know, again, that maybe that's pie in the sky and maybe all we're going to get is is the Koch brothers. Okay, so what you're kind of saying, I think, is that the people who are against it are unions and but there are other organizations who are against it. Yeah, let's look at this list because it, 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 you know, and we'll was, post this on our website. Yeah, we'll post all the, the relevant stuff on the um, on the show notes. But what really just broke my mind was looking at the list. I'm just going to read off a few of the people from the list of this New Yorkers Against Corruption. The New York State Conservative Party, the Council of Churches, the Yonkers Patrolman's Benevolent Association, Planned Parenthood, Right to Life, the Bronx GOP, the Working Families Party, LGBT Network. Insane. (laughs) I mean, those people, that's, that's sort of, 
absolutely opposing parties. Yeah, and it's 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 every la- it's every labor council, but it's also the, the gun rights groups. It's you know, and obviously the speaker of the New York State Assembly and uh, the Senate Majority Leader. So, I mean, who's funding these organizations or groups to be against it? Well, I mean, they're funding themselves, right? Like you have 80 million organizations, they they can all kick in some bucks. And like some of them are big unions, probably have some money. Some of them are these nonprofits that have some money. You know, it's Planned Parenthood and the right to life people, right? Like they have a couple bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, are we seeing Coke and Mercer putting money into a vote yes campaign? No. Like what was happening in Wisconsin? No, but I mean, I imagine if it passes, they can dump a bunch of money. Like that's not, I, I don't think that's a empty threat. I no, imagine they I know. Could. They will, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I that, that that's what I don't know. Like, I don't know where the secret memos are, right? Like, that's what I don't know. Because if you look at the demographics of New York and you look at the popular opinion polls on all of these issues that are their issues, they lose. New York actually is a much more democratic state than even the current state legislature would oh, indicate, right? Like Hillary Clinton won by over 2 million votes. You know, so the, the, New York is a deeply blue democratic progressive state but our legislature is run by these gargoyles who (laughs) are basically you know cuomo prevents actual uh, democratic majority he screwed the working families party on that deal to get a democratic majority right so so you know you're talking about what do you mean when he's oh well the working families party made a deal with him to endorse him right when zephyr teachout was running after running for him who's far more progressive and like came out of the working families party basically and he agreed that he, in exchange for their endorsement, that he would get rid of this independent Democrat caucus, or at least push to get rid of it at, in the next election. And then he completely reneged. He created a fake, like, like woman's identity party, and uh, to, to bump them farther down, to bump working families farther down on the ballot line. So he, he's like a snake, right? Like, yeah. and so if that's the best we could hope for, okay, like, I, I don't know, uh, you know, that it very well could be true, but it's depressing. So is anyone funding a yes campaign? Or is there any organized movement for yes? I mean, it seems impossible to me that people will just vote yes, because someone saying to vote no other than me i feel like i'm the only one that reacts like that i don't know i th- i think that people kind of yeah we'll see right i mean like people who vote the people who are going to go vote are going to go vote right and i think that a lot of people don't know about this and i think people's inclination is to vote yes on this kind of thing in the city at least yeah but the city is the ones that aren't going to vote i think upstate will vote because they have actual uh elections coming up you know they have they're running Democrats against Republicans in in November. And in the city, we're not. We just have Democrats running. Yeah, so I mean, to me, it seems like it'll be an upstate. Upstate will have more power over this decision than downstate. Well, if that's the case, then, then it, you know, it, then it'll probably pass, right? I don't know. I don't know how. I haven't polled my upstate community to see what they're thinking about the Constitutional Convention. I think that probably most people in upstate are more concerned about who's going to be on their local boards and who's going to be elected because it's actually contested. So earlier, you used the word cynical. And I think that that's really worth exploring a little bit more because if all of these organizations, basically every organization that exists in New York is terrified of letting people 
vote for delegates who are then going to propose things that are then later going to be voted on. It just feels like all of our civic institutions are sort of against making this state better. Like they want it to stay the way it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, you know, that's the cynical view, right? Like I said, the, the, if you look, if you think that if there's two views of it, one is a like actual power analysis of like right wing money that makes, you know, progressive change impossible in the most progressive state. The cynical view is that entrenched kind of establishment institutions are more scared of losing power to the betterment of everyone than, uh, you know, what they call it the, the iron law of institutions, right? That, that, that no one will give up their power in an institution to make it better if it means that they'll lose power. But I think either way, either way you're talking about, even if there's, even if they're worried about this flood of Mercer money, it doesn't matter because that flood of Mercer money isn't going to go away because we're not going to elect right wingers to the highest offices in the land. And all of a sudden, Neil Gorsuch is going to get rid of Citizens United because, you know, I mean, that money is not going anywhere at all. So the idea that you can just like hold off, wait, and hopefully in 20 years, like the Mercers and the coach Cokes will be gone or they'll be less interested in politics. It just that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that it's more like let's die the slow death rather than risk, you know, dying a quicker death. Right. I, I mean, look, my my kind of experience, at least with institutional labor and kind of uh, like understanding how these things work is like labor has been dying a slow death since basically 1947. Right. Like th- mm-hmm. and, and and like that death is about to rapidly accelerate as the Supreme Court guts public sector unions, right? Like that's, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's no one wants to be the first one to say, let's get serious. Like, let's do something crazy. Like, let's, let's actually fight. Like, let's challenge the Democrats. Let's endorse Bernie. Like, no one wants, you know, a few unions did, but like, no one, there's not, there's not a broad understanding kind of I think in institutional labor that like we're we're screwed and we need to do something serious. Like I, I think it's just like clinging on to what's left, and so that's what it is. Like the, the the constitutional convention is is a potential to lose power, and 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 would and and the the, the calculation is we'd rather die slowly. Yeah, I mean it's just that's really brutal. It's really depressing to think that all of these organizations. I've made that calculation. I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, it just really is, right? Maybe there's a secret memo that's like, look, the <laughs> the Cokes are like aligned. They've got, they're ready to pounce. Like we, our, our internal polling says that they're going to win. Like maybe that, that exists. I, I, you know, I, I don't even, know. But I'm saying even if that exists, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. I mean, they're worried about Wisconsin, right? Like becoming a right to work state. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I, sure. But I mean, like, I don't think New York is, is like, that's not where New York is as a state, right? Like, I don't, you know, I don't, from the polling that I've seen, that's not going to pass. That would never fly in New York, right? Like, turning New York right to work. New York has the most union density of any state, right? So I don't think that's a realistic possible possible outcome of the Constitutional Convention. But again, you know, it's like maybe they know something I don't know. 
Well, I wish they'd tell us about it. Well, that, and that's do. the problem, and, that, and that's the problem, right? Like that's why the, the, this like that's why this this, <laughs> yeah. this campaign is cynical because I mean, it's, it's clearly yeah. not the story. Yeah, that's why it's vote no because it would take a lot of organizing. I mean. What kind of thing is that to say in 2017 when we have Trump? <laughs> like, no, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're saying it would take a lot of work. They're saying yeah, that's that, literally what two different people have said to me, independent of each other. Yeah. Okay. But the, <laughs> I mean, at least the public campaign is like they're going to take away your pensions. Like the public campaign is they're going to destroy the Adirondack. The public campaign is you know there's like deficit hawking. Like it'll cost a lot of money, right? Which is absurd in terms of a state yeah, budget, fine. right? The campaign is really saying these are the possible bad things that are going to happen, but not based on any plausible polling of New York State voters that would indicate well, that what that what does the polling say about the Constitution Convention? Like, is there any polling about what people would want to change or what they would support to change? Or yeah, so there is some polling out. Um, there's a Quinnipiac poll that says 65 to 24 percent for an amendment to create independent nonpartisan commission to create election districts for members of Congress, state oh senators God. and state assembly members. So basically getting rid of gerrymandering. Yeah. 65 percent of New Yorkers would Six- support a constitutional change that would get rid of gerrymandering. Yeah. 54 to 30 percent. But would that get rid of like the ID? I mean, wouldn't that fix our state? I mean, in a lot of ways, yeah, right? <laughs> 54 to 30% opposed to an amendment to create public financing for candidates for state office. So that's not great. No. 49 to 41% support an amendment to prevent reductions in public employee pension benefits. So that's almost 50% would be in favor of an amendment that would protect all public sector employees. Yeah, which is very far from the fear mongering of they're going to take your pensions, right? Because that doesn't exist now. No. 68 to 27% support for an amendment to guarantee a woman's right to an abortion. Wow. And yet Planned Parenthood is against the constitutional. Why? So is there any other information about what people would be for in a constitutional convention? Yeah. So another poll from Baruch College that I have here, 64 to 12 against a a constitutional mandate for air water quality. Oh my six, god. Six, that is like so important to the Bronx. 61 to 11 a convention to recommend term limits for statewide offices. <laughs> Ugh. 61 to 11 to recommend term limits for legislatures. Wow. Yes, this is what we want as New Yorkers. 47 to 23% a, to recommend guaranteeing the right to a lawyer in serious civil cases. And there's nothing like that right now. Well, New York City is is doing the the right to counsel. Uh huh. But, but for the state, this would be for the state, and it would be in the Constitution. Yeah. Wow. That would be wonderful. And this one. And wait, may I just say what what a what a what that means? Like that means like when the state is trying to take your child from you based on the complaints of your neighbors who maybe hated you because you built shrubs, you would have the right to counsel. I mean, from the poll, it's very nonspecific. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the point is, it's building towards the right to counsel, which I, I, I mean, I, you know, personally, I think that, yes, everyone should have the right to counsel for any kind of case, right? Mm-hmm. C- civil cases can, yeah, like you said, take your kids away, you know, take your home away. Like civil yeah. cases can do yeah. incredible damage to your life. And the idea that you don't have the right to counsel when, you know, when so many things are, are, are dealt with in civil courts. And at the end of the day, right, the, the men with guns can still come to your house because of a of of a civil sanction yeah yeah okay anything else 
I mean, I, I, I guess, no, I, I encourage people to look at the polls, though, and, and, and I'll, we'll post them on the show notes. But, you know, I, I, again, I think that if New York, if New York State can't make this kind of progressive change that no one can kind of it's okay well m- maybe not no one but we're gonna have to look at a different model because at this point it seems to be the lesson is we can't have nice things lesser of <laughs> lesser of two evils yeah i mean it doesn't make sense to rely on the federal government for this when we live in new york it makes sense for mississippi to have to rely on the federal government for protections but when we're saying that we can't do this as new york state we can't make our state work and our state be progressive, and our state provide rights for people. We're really doomed. And on that note... <laughs> find me on Twitter, at Grania, because I'm an early adopter of all technology. How do you spell that, please? The, the normal way. <laughs> G-R-A-I-N-N-E. And is there an accent on the A? Not on Twitter. <laughs> And you can find me at Abi Hassan, A-B-I-H-A-S-S-E-N. And you can find us on iTunes. Yeah, we're on iTunes. SoundCloud. We're very glamorous. And what's the other one? Stitcher and TuneIn. All yeah. those things. Find us on there. Yeah. We'll do more shows. I have a, We have a curious cat that's, uh, well, whatever curious cat is, dot, I think it's curious.me or curiouscat.me slash against the law. You can ask us questions anonymously. We're n- we will not answer your specific Yeah, you can email questions. using your PGP uh, key also. I'm available to take those emails. I'm not messing with PGP anymore. So I'm totally yeah. available to mess with that. But the point is, if you want to ask questions, we can't give legal advice, but we can talk about legal issues. Yeah. Yes. And we can give legal advice in some situations because we are both lawyers, but we're not doing that here. Not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. And hopefully soon we're going to have a really exciting podcast about sovereign citizens, which you may know a little bit about, but we're going to know a lot about after we listen in. But yeah, send in your requests for topics. Yeah, sovereign citizens, any kind of wacky legal topics you're interested in or just normal ones. Yeah, any situation. All right. Bye. It's been awesome.